Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Good morning. It is September 14th, 2023. It is Thursday. I am Tanya, and this is the Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by the Swallows. So let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is, and then the dreams break into a million tiny pieces. The dream dies which leaves you with a choice. You can settle for reality, or you can go off like a fool and dream another dream by Nora Ephron. So we are drinking Ritual Fire. This is a perfect tea for like those chilly fall, winter evenings when you're sitting on the porch or by a bonfire. It's just warm and cozy. Um, it has honey bush tea, apple pieces, aniseed, lapsing, cacao nibs, rose hips, cinnamon bark, red peppercorn, orange peels, cloves, uh, safflower, and then natural cinnamon, orange, and hazelnut flavor. So, cinnamon, 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 cinnamon. Um, cinnamon is just an ingredient that has been used throughout history. Um, It is believed that the Egyptians used it in their mummification process. It is loaded with antioxidants. It's considered an anti-inflammatory. It's said it could help uh, against heart disease, uh, improve sensitivity to insulin, can help lower blood sugar levels, and may even be uh, beneficial in um, neurodegenerative degenerative diseases and maybe even uh, help prevent cancer. It's also a uh, bacterial and um, it's an antibacterial and antifungal and antiviral. Super cool. All right, moving into some headlines. So this isn't witchy. I just thought it sounded really badass. And as we move into fall and spooky season, you're going to get more articles for headlines that are just me being like, I think that was cool. And that's kind of what's happening here. So this is from space.com. Dead vampire star is feeding on a companion and firing out cosmic cannonballs. I'm terrified of space. So this is horrifying to me. And I'm going to read it for you. But I need you all to know I am going to have nightmares about this. Uh, This was published nine days ago. So astronomers have deciphered the mysterious behavior of a dead star that's greedily feasting on a stellar companion. This is why I'm scared of this. Like this is this sounds terrifying. Located about 4,500 light years away, this strangely behaving pulsar or rapidly spinning neuron star um, is blasting beams of radiation from its poles that periodically sweep over Earth. 
It seems to constantly switch between two distinct modes of brightness. Astronomers couldn't really explain such a behavior at first, but now a team of researchers might have solved the puzzle. They discovered that the pulsar's brightness modes are a result of the object spitting out matter over short periods of time. Quote, we have witnessed extraordinary cosmic events where enormous amounts of matter, similar to cosmic cannonballs, are launched into space within a very brief time span of tens of seconds from a small, dense celestial object rotating at incredibly high speeds, uh, said Maria Baglio, uh, leader of the research team and scientist at New York University. Like all neuron stars, pulsars are born when massive stars reach the end of their lives, exhausting their fuel supplies used in intrinsic nuclear fusion processes. Um, and when this happens, there's an outward energy flow that provides enough pressure to support the objects against inward push of their own gravity. So it's like a balancing act. And uh, yeah, anyways, it sounds terrifying. I don't like this. I read it because it sounded cool that there was a dead vampire star feeding on companions, like, clickety-click. Like, that got me, you know? Um, but I don't like this at all. But now I'm... I'm <laughs> oh, I, don't like, I don't like astronomy. This is one of those things where, like, ignorance is bliss. I was very happy before I knew about astron like astronomy, and then I had to take astronomy for college as, like, a forced science elective. And it was definitely one of those moments where I couldn't find out. I like, I'm like listening to the professor and I'm looking around at the other students and I'm like, why is nobody freaking out about this? This is horrible. And <laughs> literally ever since I have nightmares, like every once in a while, I'll just have like a fun little space nightmare. And, oh, this is going to, oh, this is going to re-trigger them. But the headline was pretty great. So there we are. All right, witches, now we know more about space, and I'm a little upset, so we're going to throw this over to our moon correspondent, who can tell us about space in a nice way, and then we will talk more. Hello to all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Thursday, September 14th. The waning crescent moon makes a slight adjustment in Virgo today. Here, the moon forms a grand earth trine to Jupiter, Uranus, and Pluto. All of these planets are retrograde at the moment, so this grand earth trine is all about reevaluating our resources, as well as the energy we expend attaining and maintaining them. Are we putting our efforts in the right places? Is our labor worth more than the rewards? Do we have more than we need, or do we need more than we have? It's important to be honest with yourself when evaluating these questions. The retrograde slowdowns may be frustrating, but we normally don't have the time to sit and inquire within ourselves about the quality of our time and effort. Your daily moon mantra is, knowing yourself is the beginning of wisdom. This has been your daily moon mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny. In the Black Mountain region, Fullmouth is a town of women and children. When local mothers start dying, the town is panicked. At first, the citizens believe the deaths are suicides, yet 15-year-old Pearl is unconvinced. 
Pearl has known visions her whole life, has known the feeling of when the darkness shifts inside her and her power comes to the surface. But having recently moved to Fullmouth, the supernatural is suddenly magnified. She now finds herself able to commune with ghosts. She sees visions of how mothers will die. Relying on these powers, Pearl faces a daunting foe and the responsibility of saving the town. The only question is, will she be too late? Built on history, folk tradition, and witchcraft, The Swallows is a horror novel that explores a small town's connection to the spiritual world and the families that fill it. The Swallows by Kristen Clanton is available wherever books are sold. All right, we are back. So we have a question from one of our listeners, Kim. Kim says, how do you develop the ability to sense energy? I'm going to be honest. I have never thought about this until Kim asked this question. I was like, wow, how do you develop the ability to sense energy? I think for a lot of us, we just feel like we just sense it. It just comes naturally, right? But it, like we had to start somewhere, right? And we, we had to develop it maybe slowly over time, even if we didn't realize it, right? So I looked into it a little bit and I found some information. So let's see, this is from a website called Energy is Real, and honestly, some of the stuff on here seems pretty legit, so I'm going to go with it, even though uh, the logo is a little sus. So how do you sense energy? We describe several common ways that people sense energy. We tend to use the senses that are most comfortable to us, our preferred energy senses, just like some people are more aware of sounds and music while others are more visually oriented. Our energy preferences tend to follow a similar bias. So visual people are more likely to see energy, um, whereas some people are more likely to hear it and some people are more likely to touch it or feel it in touch. So what are some examples of this? Uh, visual. So I would say people who can see auras, right? People who maybe are clairvoyant are probably going to be more visual. Um, people who are more sound oriented, they may hear like that ringing, you know, or um, they may hear their names whispered, or they may hear phantom sounds, or sometimes you can just hear the energy shifts in a room, right? I'm very sound oriented and I'm very visually oriented as well. Then there's touch oriented people. These are people who could um, touch an item and it feels warm or cold or it feels like it's vibrating, right? So everyone's different, you know, just like the clairs. There's so many different clairs. We can't expect everyone to take it in the same way or discover it the same way, or thrive the same way, right? So you kind of just got to figure out where you thrive there. So probably for most people, the easiest way to sense energy is uh, kinesthetically, so through touch, so like warmth, vibration, because that's the sense we develop first before we develop our eyes or our ears. So here's a way you can practice sensing energy with your hands. And I'm sure if you've read any classic witch book, I'm pretty sure Silver Ravenwolf, who I met, what? And she was so nice, uh, has this in How to Ride a Silver Broomstick, um, or How to Ride a 
broomstick. She talks about this in, 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 in that book. So what you do is you, sent, you sit in a comfortable position and you bring both of your hands together in front of you, palm touching palm and fingers touching fingers. So like the prayer motion, I guess. Rub your hands together until they become hot with friction. This changes your hands. Then allow your hands to float gently apart to wherever they want to be. Stop there and simply sense your hands. What is the energy like between them? Move your hands towards each other. What do you sense? Then let your hands float apart to where they want to be. Move your hands farther apart from each other. What do you sense? Let your hands float back to neutral position. Experiment with moving your hands back and forth to sense how the energy changes. And when finished, drop your hands and rest comfortably. So what did you notice? Was it warmth? Tingling? Vibration? Density? Viscosity? Did you see a glowing haze? Did you hear a humming noise? That will kind of tell you a little bit about maybe how you sense energy. Or maybe you didn't sense anything. I mean, that happens. There's reasons for that. But, like, keep trying, right? It takes energy to sense energy. If you're tired, hungry, sick, high or drunk or otherwise depleted, it can make it difficult to open up to the subtle information. Try the exercise again later when you are rested and relaxed. Your hands might not have been fully charged. Did you rub your hands together until they were really hot? If they were not really energized, it would be hard to sense the energy between them. Are you anxious or competitive? If you're doing this with others and comparing your results, you might have been afraid you wouldn't get anything and then that performance anxiety takes over. Were you distracted or did your brain just ignore it? So you want to practice, right? So let's say you're just not having any success with doing it with your own hands. Try it with someone else. Get a friend or a partner and do the same exercise, but with your hands and their hands. Uh, Try different settings. Maybe like just where you did it was not a great place. Maybe it was too busy or distracting. Maybe go to the middle of nature or your backyard or a quiet room or someplace that just has like plain white walls. Because if you're visual, that could really help. So there's definitely options. Um, Another thing you can try. So let's just say you are so not touch oriented, which happens. Try uh, reading auras, right? Let's see if we can find a little information on uh, reading auras. That would be super interesting. Okay, so when trying to read auras, you want to create the right environment. And this comes to us from wikihow.com. So find a suitable background. In order to properly see the vibrant colors of yours or someone else's aura, you need a neutral colored background. Find white or neutral um, and try to stand in front of it. Next, find proper lighting. You need soft light that isn't too light or too dark. You need to ensure that your eyes are comfortable with the level of light so your eyes will not strain or be stressed. So think candles, lamps, things like that. Next, be in the right position. If you're trying to read someone else's aura, make them comfortable in front of the white background and explain what you're doing. 
Have them wear solid color clothes that aren't too patterned or distracting. If you're attempting to read your own aura, look at yourself in front of a mirror while standing or sitting against a white background. Next, look at your subject. Pick a spot to stare at for 30 or 60 seconds, focusing on the area in your peripheral. Let your eyes out of focus, and you may start to see a haze around the edges. It might seem like a transparent or white light, but after a short time, this can become a color. And yeah, determine the visible colors that you see. Be conscious of any other images that come to you and write them down. And then at that point, you can interpret, you know? So I think there's different ways you can start to get into energy. And I think both of those exercises are really fun ways. And again, fun, right? There's something you can do with friends if you want to. Like, they're really low pressure and low risk. And I think that's a really fun way to dive in. All right, witches, we are wrapping up this episode. We do have a card pull today. Our card is Infinity from Dark Magic Oracle. Infinity is calling for you to know, will, dare, and be silent. There is a potent motto for modern witches and makers of magic or anyone who wants to experience their deepest potential. Your unique inner magic should be cherished and carefully managed in the air you blow into a balloon. Oh, like the air you blow into a balloon. To make a balloon float, you don't stretch open the neck to show everyone how much air is in it. Instead, you keep blowing until it's full, tie it off with the string, and then like the person in infinity, you let it lift and float to your best self-expression and fullest potential. Daily practice. Carry leopard skin jasper to feel empowered and enhance personal growth. Drink ginger tea to feel warm inside and connected to your rising power. Practice sympathetic magic daily to remind yourself of your potential to rise above challenges and manifest your goals. All right, witches. And I do have some shout outs today. Gara Sue, you pretty playful selkie. Christina Gerritsen, you Arcadian scrumptious newborn baby. Audrey Grabowski, you charming spiffy Wendigo. And Jennifer DiMucci, you charming splendid Loch Ness Monster. Thank you for so much for being Patreon supporters. I really appreciate you. And that's all I've got for you today. Uh, don't forget any books, decks, headlines, sources, anything we reference can be found in the podcast episode description or witchpod.com. And we will talk again tomorrow. Bye. Witches, we hope you have a wonderful day full of joy and gentleness and confidence. Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com. One stop for everything we talk about. Now, take one more deep breath and have a great day.